show where we keep you company in our messy realities with me, Emma, and me, Emma. Ooh, two Emmas. So, this episode is, well, it was meant to be about body image, wasn't it? We tried. We did try. It is It is about body image in a way. It's one aspect of it, body image in particular, really. Yes. <laughs> we do touch on other stuff, but primarily we talk about weight um so if that's something you don't want to listen to today please you know step away now find a different episode have a cupcake whatever you want to do and we also do tend to talk a fair amount about how we experienced weight and body image related to weight and we're gonna hopefully in the future do some more about other people's experiences and other factors that might affect body image now emma would you like to do some... What's the word? The word remedial came to mind, yeah. but that's not really fair. Do some remediation of... So there's basically... There's a bit where I just babble on a bit and I just kind of go, well, you know, sexism, da-da-da-da-da, and don't really explain the point that I'm trying to make at all. So I'm going to try and do a better job here. Let's see how it goes. Good luck. So I feel like historically... Women were judged a lot on their looks, especially when like women weren't able to get receive an education or work. So their main role was like just to get married and be a trophy for a man. And I think a lot of those ideas have still are still around today in a lot of ways. So if we think about um, the recent example of the article comparing the legs, legs, legs of the legs. <laughs> I'll say that again comparing the legs of Nicola Sturgeon and Theresa May, who were two politicians in the UK. So what their legs like just doesn't really seem to relate to their jobs at all, or them as people, to be honest. And I think there are countless other examples if we look around where women's looks are called out and they're usually criticised in a way that I think happens much less often to men. That's not to say that I think men are unaffected, and I also don't think I said that very well on the podcast so I think my feelings about men and body image and weight in particular are that often it's just not spoken about and that can be an issue in itself that we're just not talking about these issues and we're maybe assuming that men don't have issues but they're just they're separate issues and everything should be discussed everyone should be able to talk about their bodies and everyone should be able to feel happy and celebrate their bodies in different ways so that's what I was trying to say and didn't do very well. Hopefully, that makes a lot more sense. We've done it now. Yes. And the people listening to this will hear this bit before the other bit, so they're going to think you're fantastic, and you've really covered it well. They're just going to be like, Emma's a genius. Yeah. So, actually, it's worked out in your favour if you think about it. It's worked out very well. And yeah, just to say, like Emma was saying as well, because we're mainly discussing our experiences, there are loads of different types of people and different things that might affect your body image and views on weight and we would love to hear more about those Mm. we would love to do more episodes where we talk about all those different things so if you want to talk about any of those things let us know we could have you on if you just want to tell us i really want to hear about x let us know and we would love to do that yeah or if you just have some experience you want to tell us about that we can share with people who listen Yeah. yeah you don't have to be on we could just read things out as well exactly should we tell them how they can get in touch that might be useful for all these people who are now raring to go with their pens yeah. in hand. There are millions of them out there, I'm sure. Uh, so we're on the Facebook at You've Got Company. I'm going to call it the Instagram as well now. 
We're on the Instagram <laughs> at You've Got Company. Or you can send us an email, which is You've Got Company Podcast at gmail.com. We even have a website. It's got a little blog and everything. There are some other bits and pieces to read on there. And that is You've Got Company uk. That's it. I had to really think about that for a minute, but that is it. <laughs> also, if you listen and you enjoy listening, we would be really, really grateful if you would be happy to rate the podcast um, and give us any feedback. Is that it? Should we just crack on? I think that's it. Yeah, we're ready to go. Woohoo! So, uh, if weight is on your mind, you've got a company and... Hopefully this will help you feel that way. Enjoy. Enjoy the podcast, guys. So, we're talking about body image. Mm-hmm. Have you talked about body image before? Yes. I kind of feel like as, as a woman or as someone who identifies as female, then it's like, it's a non-stop topic. It's very important especially as a teenager um usually negative yeah and i would say there's a lot of not being that honest in there as well i think people aren't always honest with how they actually feel in in what way that can go both ways i think yeah i think often not saying things or or maybe it's like as well it's even like you think you're being honest but it's like it just gets very hyped up i think mm. and I think most people don't feel good about their body, but if there is something you like, you're almost like encouraged not to say that as a woman. It's more just like, you're just meant to complain. You're just meant to say about the things you don't like and focus on those. And it's never just like, this bit's all right, but that bit I'm less a fan of. It's like very extreme Mm. and negative. I think people talk about body image in terms of they say about things like you say that they don't like. I don't think people really talk about their self-esteem in relation to their body or the things that would help them feel better about their body. Yeah. And as well, I feel like this is sort of a separate thing that like on like their self-esteem thing, but I was listening to someone the other day and they were kind of discussing the idea of having more like, just like a a body, like a neutral approach of Mm. like, maybe you don't have to be like overwhelmingly positive or overwhelmingly negative. You can just be like, my body's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas I feel like you most often, yeah, it's either like I hate it or or nothing. That's really interesting because um, when I was doing research for this, I came across, I think it was a BBC article, um, which we can put in the notes, that was about social media and body image and the idea of kind of body positivity on social media and people kind of trying to fight back against negativity about our bodies um, and they said that's that is obviously better than being negative, but it still means you're thinking about your body and and judging your body. And would we be better if we're just not really thinking about it in a judgmental way, whether that's positive yeah. or negative? So yeah, maybe body neutral would be better than body positive or body negative. Yeah, yeah, but it is tough. And I can kind of get the idea of like there's been there is usually so much negativity that it kind of makes sense to fight that with trying to be like overwhelmingly positive. And then it's like almost the idea is that you get to neutrality by like combining positive and negative. So maybe body neutrality is like the future goal, but for now we need more positivity. Yeah. 
it's like a set of scales and it's weighing one way right now. And in order to fix <laughs> yeah. it, we need to push it down the other way. And I'm doing actions, but of course, nobody can actually see me do that. <laughs> Just imagine a human set of scales right now. Yeah. Not digital scales. Proper no. old fashioned. It's definitely the little ones that you put the little weights on yourself and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So so you've talked what to, to other women about your body? Would you have talked, say, to uh, your family, for example, or anyone else? I think my main experiences have been with other women. I guess like with my partner you would a bit and with your family but I think that comes down to like depends who you're talking to as to what you're going to say you wouldn't always necessarily say the same things and that's where again I feel like the like lack of honesty comes in because you're kind of changing Mm -hmm. what you say depending on like how you think the person will react and what they'll understand and things like that yeah and then you don't really feel like you can actually be completely honest but I do that even with even with friends even with people that I'm really open with because your body is, I mean, all, all lots of things are really personal, but your body is so personal and I'm so aware of how different my body is to other people's bodies that even, like even talking to you, I wouldn't necessarily be completely, like just tell you everything without thinking about what you might think. So I'm always like judging what I'm saying based on how I think you might interpret it or or react to it yeah you self-censor sometimes when you're talking to other people because you you might feel a certain way but you don't want them to think that you're thinking of Mm. them that way as well and often you're not thinking of them because the way you view your own body is usually very different I think there's something we'll get onto like you might be unhappy with a certain part of your body but as someone else that looks the same way you would probably not think the same way about them. And that just seems really weird, but that I feel like that's how people's brains work. You see yourself differently to how you see yeah, other people. Yeah, I think that's really true. I don't think I don't think probably people see me the way I see me. I don't think they see themselves the way that I see them. Mm. I had, a, I had a, an experience uh, during, I think it was the first lockdown, you know, when we were all sort of like, what is there to do but eat at this point? But I was actually trying, I was like, well, we're at home. What I'm going to do is try and be healthy. I'm going to take, you know, make the most of having more time to cook and things. So I tried to go the other way. And uh, we had a a Zoom work meeting and somebody on the meeting made the comment of, oh, I'm really worried about when I see people in person again, because uh, they're going to think I'm really fat because I've eaten lots during lockdown. This was a person who very much didn't need to worry about being considered fat in any realm of possibility. And the way she talked was very negative about the idea of being fat. And I just, you know, I would sit in staff meetings and think, I'm the biggest person here. Mm. And I know why I am that size. And that doesn't mean I'm unhappy about that. But I was aware of it because i do take all of that in when I'm surrounded by humans and she made that comment and I was like oh see that's somebody who hasn't thought about how that's going to be interpreted by other people Mm. but then maybe I'm just very sensitive but I think it's really hard not to be when it's about the thing you live in every day 
Yeah, I think that you sort of just feel judged, don't you, mm. when people say certain things and then and that probably isn't their intention. Mm. But that doesn't mean that it's okay that they said it. But then there's, there's that thing as well of like what we were saying about not being honest and stuff because it's sort of like how do you balance that with being able to say how you feel but then what if saying how you feel is offensive to someone else mm. and you might not you might not mean there's, there's still that thing of yeah like you because you don't see someone else in the same way you see yourself you might honestly feel like I am too overweight but then if someone who's heavier than you said well what do you think of me you'd be like I don't think you have a problem mm. like you might ha- be able to have both of those in your mind but it's like a bit too complicated to explain isn't it when you're just giving a comment yeah. about something you don't get all the, the nuance and what they're thinking in their head you just hear them saying something and then you're like oh god I don't know what like what accompanies that sentence with their thoughts of me mm. I guess the other thing we also don't know is like what everybody must have different interpretations of what their ideal would be if that makes sense you know i think we all assume that everybody wants to look like some fictional supermodel but i don't ever want to look like you know i'm i'm never going to be nearly 6 foot tall and really slim <laughs> and have a really athletic body and be blonde so some what I might aspire to might be completely different to what you might or what someone else might. And so a comment you're making is the kind of the gap between your body and what you would like your body to be, even though hopefully we can all get to a point where the gap doesn't exist and not by changing it, just by accepting it. But But when I'm talking... It'll be a different gap that I'm talking about and a different ideal. And we don't know that either. Yeah. So just because you're making a comment about you're not happy with something about your body doesn't mean that it's that you think everyone should be unhappy about that. Yeah. There's obviously so much about like what culture you're in as to what you think bodies should look like and what a good body is. And then there's so much around like gender as well and what you identify as and yeah. It can, everyone's perception of like what they want to look like can be wildly different. And then it's just hard to kind of get that across. Yeah. When you're just saying something like, oh, I don't like my arms or something, it's sort of like you're not covering the like, and this is what I think they should look like. And this is why I think they should look like that. And like you said, what we want to get to is just like, we should all just be like, I don't does it matter what my arms look like if they can do what I want them to or something? Yeah. As somebody who's not really interested in outward appearance, which is not, I accept, very representative perhaps, I guess to me it is more about can my body do what I want it to do than and do I feel good in my body than how do I look? But then does that mean that if your body can't do and won't ever be able to do that, that doesn't mean that you should constantly be judging yourself. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. If you were disabled in a different way, it's not like, well, you're not good enough. Like, mm. it's just kind of, I guess, the idea of like, it It should matter less, like what you look like. It should more be, I guess, about your, I don't know, your attitudes and your behavior than the body in which you do them. Yeah. Because I guess as well, the bit about like what your body can do just always reminds me of like 
like watching YouTube fitness videos because definitely over time I found them like easier to do often than going to the gym. But the amount of times that they'll be doing something and they're like, and this will give you like the booty that you want. And it's all about like getting bikini ready rather than like, this will help you get stronger and fitter. And like, Mm -hmm. so it's less about, you know, this is helping you like improve your body in like functionality. It's more just like, you'll look better if you do this. Do you think because there's such a huge kind of industry around beauty and appearance, is that why things are geared towards that? Even the fitness world, which seems kind of sad. It feels like a missed opportunity because if you don't identify with wanting to change your body for the sake of how it looks then you might feel alienated by that and not not want to do it because you think, well, I don't care what my abs look like or the fact that, frankly, I may not even possess abs. There may be nothing <laughs> in there. I could be tied together <laughs> with a string. I have no idea. And I don't think I'll ever know. But that shouldn't really be a reason that I don't try something Yeah, because I'm put off by it. But then as well, how do you feel about the... um? You know, they're like the body positive campaigns when it's done by a company. Yeah. How do you tend to find those? Like, do you find it like, oh, that's great that they're doing that? Or are you more in the camp of like, "Mm, are they just using this to sell their product? Or is it somewhere in the middle? I think it depends how they've done it. There are some, some campaigns that have been quite like tastefully done. Um, Particularly if they have used more... I wanted to say real models. I mean, all all those humans are real, so that's not really. <laughs> but like, some of them are just used, robots. Yes, no, if they haven't used robotic models, um, no, if they've used, you know, people who've maybe won a competition to be a model or for that campaign, mm. or just people that they've they've found that are from different walks of life, maybe when they give you like a bit of background about them, and you know, or people perhaps who represent different charities or whatever it is then then I feel mm. like that's more they've made more an effort then but I think there's lots of campaigns where it feels kind of tokenistic like they're like right we need to have uh, a plus size model and um, we need to make sure we've got a model who represents um an ethnic minority and we need to make sure we've got a disabled model and it's like you shouldn't be needing to make sure of that yeah it should just be inclusive. You should be thinking, we just want uh, models that represent lots of different people. Yeah. It should be like, we want a range of people to use our products. So we're going to represent that. Yeah. One of the things I liked is, um, and I think you pointed out as well, is when we were looking at period pants, how yeah. quite a lot of the companies just, like you said, they just seem to use like a range of people and it's not put out as something like, look how fantastic we are for not just using like size zero models. Like they're just there. And that felt really nice because it was just like, you're not doing it as a like campaign to make more money. Like it's not a marketing thing. It just seemed more like we just do this because it's just what we do. And that seemed nice. Some of them even have when you when you shop online, as you click through the pictures, if you change the size, they'll show you the pants being modelled on somebody of that size, which is so much more helpful than trying to imagine 
what clothes that look great on a size eight person might look like on somebody with my shape of body. Yeah. And the other way as well. There's um there's like a dungaree company I've looked at before where like you could change it because it's, it's like if you're bigger as well, you obviously you tend to have more curves. Whereas for me, it's more like, what mm. does it look like if you are completely flat as a board up and down and like, yeah. you don't really look like you've got anything going on. <laughs> I don't really have a lot going on either other than, you know, excess cake, but <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Um, yeah. I mean, when they have pictures that represent different body types as well as sizes, I think that's really helpful. Yeah, just a range of people is always nice. Would you like to hear some stats? I would. I love stats. Since you I love just your stats. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so this is, again, the Mental Health Foundation. They did some research in 2019. They were online surveys, which hopefully means they were fairly honest. And here are some of their key findings. So one in five adults in the UK have felt shame because of their body image in the year previous to this um, survey being carried out, which is just mad. One in five. It's higher than I would have thought. Like to feel actual shame, not just I'm a bit irritated, but to think there's something that you should feel negative and embarrassed about. Do you want some more stats? Let's go let's go one more because I don't want to get too depressed. We've got to like bring this up afterwards. We've got to bring up the positivity. No, you're right. We needed positivity on the scales to, to make it more neutral balance. To even out. I won't read you the really <laughs> the really sad one. But if if anyone's interested, we'll put the link in the notes. Um they there's quite a long report on there and some really interesting things that they found. Um here's one. Just over one in five adults and 40% of teenagers said that images on social media caused them to worry about their body image. I think that's a good point because it's like, where are, that's like a pointing towards where are the negative thoughts coming from? Because mm. you're not like born as a baby thinking like, I've got chubby legs and I need to sort that out soonish. Like everything has to come from, and I like social media obviously does get a lot of the blame for these things but not necessarily without cause i wonder what was different before social media as well though because i don't think it was like people were fine about their bodies and then social media appeared and then people were like now i have issues i mean i guess like if you think back to when we were younger before social media was so prevalent it would have been maybe things you saw in magazines or on tv yeah and then before that i don't know it just other have been people around people maybe you saw? i guess there's always still been like yeah ideas of what you should look like haven't they like even very historically there was always like an ideal yeah but interestingly it wasn't always the same as what we have now mm. so like there was a time when having a large nose was seen as something that was really sought after whereas there was then a change in where people want like a petite nose and people would have surgery to make their noses smaller. I think it's really interesting how how what we want our bodies to look like changes and does and do you think it's linked or how far do you think it's linked to health? I feel like there's a massive disconnect, isn't there? Because like was, mm. there was a time when like the paler skin you had the better, wasn't it? And now it's like, well being tanned is better, but that's obviously just links to things of like skin cancer risk and things that you would and vitamin d deficiency for being too pale so it's like Mm. 
yeah, it seems, I wonder who decides these trends, who's like, no, we should just have this one. Yeah. Now, there was some research, this is interesting, uh, this was the government did some research and again, I think I have the link so I'll pop that in the notes. Um, that is like, a, it was just one of those kind of fact-finding, information gathering things they do before they then put in place changes. Um, and it was about body image and they kept making reference to the influence of parents on young people's body image. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was it, because you know when you're saying about where did people's perceptions of body image come from before social media, even today, it's not all from there. Some of mm. it is from from your family, um, potentially. And like I don't know if that, there wasn't that, well, in the bit that I read, there wasn't that much detail about whether that came from like parents saying you should look like this or, oh, why don't you look like this? Or, or whether it was about what they would let people wear or whether it was about, you know, if your parents have a certain diet and lifestyle, how does that affect you? Yeah, because how would you say your parents influenced your views of body image? I think the thing is that I was always so much bigger than my brother mm. and very aware of that and we would joke about it. I do think little bits of that stick with you mm. long into being an adult. I think it puts a lot of pressure on parents to try and get it right. Yeah, and there isn't necessarily a right as well. No, exactly. There isn't like a rule book or a manual. Yeah, I guess just the more we're aware of things, the more we can be uh, understanding and nurturing. Yeah. So I would say with parents, things that you, things that affect your children, it can be something you've intentionally done or something you've unintentionally done. Yeah. So I think intentionally, both my parents were trying to like promote a healthy lifestyle mm. and probably focusing on that more. But there is, there's, like we were saying earlier, like there is a disconnect between body image and living a healthy lifestyle, but that's not often seen. Mm. So often there is more that thing of like, if you're skinnier, it's seen that like you should have a healthy lifestyle. So I think that's always kind of promoted. And obviously like, you know, my parents, they're both like in, like they look in reasonably good shape. And like my mom especially is very much on that. But I would say from the unintentional side, like when I've talked to my mom about her past, she like very much didn't have healthier eating behaviors when she was younger. And I think that can be seen in probably like some of the attitudes that I've picked up from her going through life of like how I should look and things. But just because, yeah, you're around someone so much, so you kind of pick up their attitudes. Mm. So I then probably picked up too much a belief in like, well, being skinnier is always better. Yeah. Even if that means kind of being unhealthy to get there. Yeah. She wasn't intentionally trying to do that. She would, yeah. Like your parents usually want you to be healthy and happy. But yeah. if you have your own issues going on, you kind of can't help but pass that on. Yeah, I think so. I think that's that would be true of us as well. Like, um, I think I can't remember where I read it, but, you know, if your people who raise you are often, for example, dieting in one way or another, 
mm. or adjusting their diet or exercise, then you become more sensitive to it. And it's not anyone's fault. It's just that's how it's the same. Same is true of all sorts of things. All these little things that happen as you grow up that you pick up and that mold you as a person. Because I know even like my mum said when she was being brought up, like her main memory of her mum. So my grandma just seems to be that like she was on a diet all the time. Mm. And it's like, like you said, that's got to affect you. Like that her mum was just eating one half a grapefruit for breakfast. And that was like the diet and that was it. So I think, yeah, it's like that's how it passes through generationally Mm. i find it really interesting because we come at it from in terms of kind of food and diet and exercise and body size i guess from completely different ends of i say the spectrum as if we're all on a spectrum but (laughs) you know what i mean Mm. but fundamentally it's all kind of the same underlying it right that that thing of thinking that our body has got to be a certain way and picking that up maybe from lots of different things around us, including perhaps unintentionally from our parents. Yeah. And probably as well, it's like the thing, like, because we're living in the same society as well. Yeah. That there's one view, like it might be very different in a different part of the world, or if we were growing up in a different time, we might still have similar ideas to each other, but they might be very different just because we mm. were like born in a different time or a different place. I would I I I would really like to time travel. Mm, just in general. Yeah, I think it could be really interesting to see how would I be happier if I grew up in a time where you know a, a bigger body was seen as more desirable or would I just find something else to worry about? Mm, I reckon you'd always have something. I reckon there would always be mm. something that you didn't have. And that you aim towards, because I bet even people that, you know, are the models now under esteemed as like, oh, this person mainly looks great. Like, I still feel like there's so much around like but the things that are still wrong with their bodies and things like that. So there's no, mm. especially like, like female bodies, especially are under such scrutiny. Yeah, why is that? I'm a big believer in like feminism and men and the patriarchy and stuff so I I think it's more that like men have obviously had more say in things we've not had as much of a say it's not it's like it's not as important as what we say so men get to decide I mean historically or do you feel Mm. that's still the case definitely historically and then I think there's still an element of that of like in more senior positions there's more men and there's more like women are sexualized a lot more how do you feel then so like when i watch something like because i'm very cool and i watch strictly come dancing Mm -hmm. and people don't comment i'm thinking like maybe like the judges or the other dancers or however don't tend to comment on how the women look other than to say oh you look really lovely Mm. but when the male professionals or the celebrities dance and they may be wearing like, sometimes they wear like a see-through top. Some of the people on the show will make comments about how attractive or not they find the man. Well, they don't tend to say, I think you're really ugly, to be fair. They do tend to say the other way around. And, Mm. And I kind of feel a little bit 
awkward because I wouldn't like it if they did that to a woman. Mm. Because it, it feels like that's not really relevant to what we're watching. I'm not watching Strictly Come Dancing because I find, you know, Bill Bailey really attractive. I'm watching it because I'm enjoying watching him learn to dance. Mm. He won last year. That's I've not just picked Bill Bailey for a, just a hilarious <laughs> reason. It wasn't just the first man that popped in my head. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like sometimes, yeah, are we are we comfortable with making comments about men that we wouldn't be happy if they were made about women? I would say it's more, there are examples of things like that, of men being objectified more. So it's it's not, it's definitely, I'm not saying, oh, it never happens. Like it does happen to men. But overwhelmingly, the majority of the times, it's women. And it's probably in something like Strictly Come Dancing that they've maybe been aware of historical issues with that happening in things around dance especially. So they're like making a an effort to not do it. Yeah. Rather than deliberately doing it about men, it's more about ensuring they don't do it towards women. Yeah. It's like they have to pay attention though. It's something where they're like, we need to not do this it's not as much like I would say the natural not the natural tendency because it's not natural but like the societal tendency would still be to focus on women so so speaking of gender do you think that different genders because we talk a lot about men and women but Mm. we need to be aware that there's you know lots of different understandings of gender and gender identities are there different expectations for how a body should i'm using my inverted commas but nobody can see (laughs) are there different ways that that we think people of different genders should look but i do wonder how how body image is affected perhaps if you're non-binary for example and yeah that's something i I was aware of because obviously like both of our experiences are as like cisgender white women so that's why a lot of our talking on this podcast is like that's what we're basing it on but that's not to say that like and everyone else is fine obviously um and Mm. and I wonder as with non-binary how much it's changing as well because there's obviously been such a long time where they weren't accepted I remember talking to someone before about like men who are gay and saying for a while like it was obviously like very taboo for a while and then well for a while for a long time and then there was a time when it was like you could be gay but there was like one type of gay person to be yeah so it was like you had to be this very like camp man that like acted in a certain way and then it's only more of a time where it's become more like no you can you're just a person still that's just like one aspect of your personality and if you are more camp that's fine if you're not like that's fine you're just like a person just yeah being whatever so I wonder if it's similar for non-binary and different people who identify differently as well of like they're in maybe in a phase where there's like it's becoming a bit more acceptable but there's maybe not as like diverse a range of people to look for as like role models yet there's like a few examples that you're sort Mm. of expected to like fit nicely into a box yeah there's maybe not as much variety that is well publicized for people to be able to find somebody Mm. that they feel they can look towards 
But sometimes as well, I guess it's nice seeing someone who like represents what you look Mm. like as well. Like that can be quite comforting if you've always just felt very different. And then you kind of can meet someone and you're like, oh, right, okay. Like I'm not the one like different person in the world. There are other people that are just like me and Mm. I'm not strange. And I, I think that must be nice. But again, it's not something that we really necessarily can understand or talk about because it's not something we've experienced so if there are people who listen to this and can help us understand or share their ideas that would be really lovely because mm. i don't want to try and talk for people that i don't know what it's like i just know what it's like to be me yeah and that's kind of how it is the true <laughs> challenge of life that ultimately we can only really know how it is to be ourselves and you'll never really know how someone else feels just so frustrating but also maybe lovely i don't know when you look at other people because we know what what we think about ourselves in our body but i find this interesting so so when i meet people or I walk into a place where there are other people. And this might just say an awful lot about me, but I sort of, it sounds terrible, but I make like mini judgments about them. I think everyone does though, doesn't they? And like, you're going to see people and you're going to be like, I'm going to like that person or not, or what you think a person will look like based on, or will be like yeah. based on what you what can see. What they look like. But something that I particularly do, which I think is not great is I compare my body size and shape to other people particularly other women especially other women around my age and then just judge and criticize myself internally based on what they look like and you know it might be that they're wearing something and I think I wish I could wear clothes like that and look like that or you know maybe we're out for a meal and I'm watching them eating a massive plate of food and I'm thinking well if I ate that I wouldn't look like that so how how does that happen you just make yourself feel bad don't you yeah you never have any like positive things you never look at anyone and go like well I look fabulous compared to that person it's always like looking at you always find the person (laughs) you always find the person that you just decide like, oh, I should look like that person. Like you always just go straight to the like, oh, if I look like that, my life would be 20 million times happier. Do we really think life would be different if we just looked slightly different? But then we do, we do, which is so silly because what do I really want to change in my life that looking different would achieve? Mm. You You do wonder if people who look different to you have different opportunities. I mean, like I'm thinking back to like university and I had one flatmate who was taller than me, thinner than me, more conventionally pretty. She was very outgoing. And I would look at her and see all the things she was doing. You know, she'd be invited places. She'd meet lots of people. She'd get asked to go to different events that were going on. And I think I thought that's because she looks like that. And I look like this. But it probably wasn't. It was probably because she was going out and talking to people and she had the confidence to do that. (laughs) And I was sat at home watching Pointless and drinking tea. (laughs) But then I was quite happy doing that. And Mm. I think I thought I should look like her and be doing things like her. When in reality, I should just have been doing whatever I wanted. 
But then I think, was I doing the staying at home, drinking tea, watching Pointless because I didn't think somebody in my body should be going and doing the things that, that they were doing? It's like a vicious circle, isn't it? You look one way, so you act one way. And then because you act that way, you carry on looking that way and feeling a certain way about yourself. What your body can do is important, but how you feel about mm. it then is like having like a separate effect on it. And then like how you look as well, like yeah. as in how other people react to your body is like another, because obviously people do react certain ways to your body. So it's like, there's all this stuff coming together of what, like what it does, what your body can do, what other people think your body can do, and then what you think your body can do. And then how you feel about all those things. It's and that that's all before you even take into account health or anything else mm. that affects your body. That's just about really about fundamental appearance and movement, I guess. I don't know if you've had a similar experience, but it's kind of like as I got older, I moved away from like caring so much about what my body looked and feeling so negative like not that I'm like my body is great now everything's perfect but I think why not <laughs> I just it's, it's hard to get to that stage as well but like as a as, as a teenager I think that's probably the point at which you're most aware of how your body looks and that definitely mm. affected like what I wanted to do, what I wanted to wear, what I thought I could do and stuff. And like you said as well, there does always seem to be that thing of like the most conventionally pretty people seem to always have the best mm. opportunities. And it's sort of like, is that because of how they look or is that because of how they feel? Like, are they just more confident because they're like, well, I look fabulous, mm. so it's fine. Like, whereas we were over there like, oh, I feel a bit like I don't want to be the center of attention because I don't I feel a certain way so then you don't kind of put yourself out there for those opportunities I would really like to know what it was like to be one of those people that I thought had a much better experience than I did whether they would actually say that they did or not and that would be really interesting mm. I think I I have generally got to the point of sort of accepting my body is what it is now and it turns out that I didn't need to look a certain way because I think my major preoccupation was that I was concerned that if I didn't look a certain way, nobody would ever want to love me and I would be on my own forever. Uh, and I think it actually stopped me even trying to find somebody to love me mm. because I thought, well, that's it. Nobody's going to want to be with this, are they? If you could only find someone to love you if you were like a certain size or something, like, yeah, that's not the right path then, is it? You should never need to change yourself for someone else. If they don't accept you how you are, then... They're not the right person. So I think when I actually finally found someone who did love me, regardless of what I looked like, or even better than that, they loved what I looked like, even though I thought mm. I looked horrendous. I think at that point I was like, well, actually, no, it's fine then. I mm. can accept what I am. So yeah, I guess age does help, but I don't think it was just age. I think it was the reassurance of other people not caring, helped me not to care. Mm. But I still do it. I still think about my body and what yeah, it looks like. I think you can't stop as much. It's just, it's just sort of no. there. That's how we're like brought up to think 
And there's so much coming from all angles all the time about how you should look. Because I would say, for, like, yeah, mine's definitely, I'm definitely not like, I'm um, everything is fine now. But this is probably something we'll cover in a later episode. But I definitely had a point of really focusing on the like, but if I was skinnier, then everything would just be better. And life would magically, like, everything would go perfectly. And then had a bit of a a change let's say and had to change like what I was eating what I was doing knowing that like I needed to put on weight for health reasons and that was really weird like I was quite anxious going into it Mm. and I because this was something I was thinking about when we said oh we're going to do a body image episode that I was like why was I anxious because I would still like I would say like I'm not like well other Emma's at like a terrible weight that's a dreadful way to be or anything like I don't think that like I don't look at you and think that's bad that's just like that's Emma like she looks nice I like how she looks and that's but it's like why do I have that issue with me putting on weight Mm. and then I think it comes down to like how you've always seen yourself and what you're used to that like the change is more what the issue is is it a control thing as well like you're in control of what your body looks like and then you have to change it yeah because it was definitely like that was the other part of probably trying to be skinnier was like I like I'm a definite type a I like a challenge I like the stubbornness of finding a goal and sticking to it so it sort of felt like I was letting go of that goal and it was like oh that feels a bit strange to do to like suddenly be changing everything but actually now I've put on weight and um, my life hasn't massively changed actually (laughs) surprisingly I find it so interesting because it's not really I mean we have talked about it but we've not really had like a really nitty-gritty chat about how we think about our bodies and particularly when you were going through that period of time hmm. and it, it was it was just funny timing because at the time that you were trying to gain weight I was trying to lose weight and it felt a bit I don't know I remember you saying at one point like um you felt like you shouldn't be complaining about trying to gain weight because it was the opposite problem of of the difficulty I was having trying to lose it and I was like well the thing is I think fundamentally trying to change your body particularly if it's not something you've chosen to do because you want to change it for you, but because you're having to do it for a particular health reason. However you're trying to change it is difficult because it's that you haven't got control of how you look Mm. and you can't eat and move how you want to and you've got to do something different. And food and exercise are so linked to your, your, your mood and your mental health. Making any change is so challenging. It's weird. I've never really compared myself to you, even though you're the obvious example because we have the same name. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, we've always been very different body shapes and Mm. I've never really gone, oh, wish I looked like Emma or, you know, because I just think that's Emma. She looks lovely like Emma. This is the other Emma and I am me. And we are different. <laughs> We're the two examples of Emmas that you can be. We're just, yeah, two different Emmas that you can order off the Emma rack. Which one would you like? <laughs> this one or this one? Mm. They've both got pros and cons is what we'll say. 
Um, I have a question. So mm. because you've also been changing body mm-hmm. recently, mm. how have you found that process in terms of your body image and how you've been seeing yourself? Like, has that affected it at all? So basically, I've got to have a BMI of under 30 to be given uh, ovulation induction treatment. I mean, I haven't lost enough for it to be a horrendous change, but I have lost about a stone and I do look a little bit different and my clothes are a bit baggier. And that just, to be honest, just irritates me (laughs) because I'm like, well, now I've got to buy new clothes and I didn't really want to do this. And I really don't support the fact that there are different BMI requirements across the country. And I don't think BMI is a brilliant judge of health anyway. So I've been really negative about it, mm. which hasn't helped. And then I think like, well, you had to lose, not lose weight. You did not have to lose weight, that's for sure. You had, had to, to lose five you stone, had to gain weight for health and you didn't want to necessarily. And you have found it difficult because it's meant lifestyle changes that were challenging because that's not how you wanted to live. But you did it and you didn't make a fuss. And now you've, you you have achieved what you wanted to achieve and then there's me like I hate doing this I think it's ridiculous just I making mean, an absolute I think the thing is were you saying I didn't make a fuss I probably just didn't make that much of a fuss to you Maybe. and just, it was a long time coming mm. and saying like oh I didn't want to gain weight like now with the place I'm at now like I'm much healthier and I've seen so many health benefits and it was kind of a thing of like for me it was like overall it will be better for me and it wasn't like I wasn't eating enough before Mm. so there probably was a part of me that's like I mean actually eating more will mean that I'm less hungry but it was more that like when I started it was just like the advice is you've got to eat every few hours and I remembered um, someone I knew had basically said if you've had a long time of not eating enough your hunger levels and your stomach and everything will try and adapt to that Mm. so they were like you will not feel hungry and you will have to eat so it's that point where you you feel like you've just had a roast dinner and your pudding and then you're like right that's me for the next five days and (laughs) instead of being able to just sit down and wait until you feel like eat again you're at that level and you're like right like I've got to keep eating food this Mm isn't ideal and then that as well it was also like the exercise was a big change just because like that's a normal mental health but in terms yeah so I definitely I was complaining when I was like but I really don't want to eat food like I'm not I don't want any of this stuff Mm. and then there was a moment here where we moved when we moved house and then we had the scales and at one point I saw them and I like because we hadn't had them when we were, we lived at my parents for a bit over lockdown. So there was just nothing there. Um, whereas back in London, again, like a very negative habit. But I, I would know where I was. I would weigh myself and I would know like mm. what. So in, like in lockdown, it was like when my parents, I wasn't thinking about it. We moved here, got the scales out. And I was like, well, why not step on? Mm. And then stepped on and was promptly amazed by the fact that I was heavier than I had been before despite the fact that like I hadn't been exercising and I'd been eating to gain weight but it was still like I don't know you know you're not expecting it Mm. so 
I promptly came downstairs in tears to Kyle, mm. which he's just become accustomed to at general levels of <laughs> me just turning up and like, I'm crying now. Make me feel better. Um, and I told him why and he was, and I was, and he was like, well, you know, but like you're doing it for all these reasons. Like, mm. I think we just need to put the scales away and then we'll put the scales away and then it's been fine because like I don't, in terms of like how I see myself, I look in the mirror and it's like, it's not bad, you know, no. like in any, there's been like positive changes as well. Like I do have a few more curves in places. So mm. it's like, but it was just, yeah, different parts of my brain were ready to accept different things, I think. So interesting. Like A, the fact that my impression of your experience of it is so shaped by my own experience that <laughs> I'm just sitting here thinking I'm really grumpy and Emma's not. And that's just because maybe you were sensitive as well to the fact that I was going through the opposite problem at the same time. But I guess what you said also about like there have been positive things that have come out of it is true. Like ultimately I do know that being more active and weighing less will hopefully put me in a better position health-wise. What's your favourite thing about your body, Emma? My favourite thing? Give me a moment. I'm going to have to consider it. <laughs> You're going to examine yourself. I know, I'm sitting here now just looking myself over. <laughs> my favourite thing is... This is a weird one. It's a very weird thing to have decided is my favourite thing about my body, but bear with me. I like that because my body has got just a little extra padding, and when I say just a little, you can interpret that how you will. Just a little. Just the perfect amount. Just the, the adequate, absolutely right amount of padding. <laughs> but because of that, it means that I can, I can do good hugs. <gasps> That's so true. You know, I used to say that to my mum. She would say, you know, say she didn't feel good about the size of her body and I'd say but you are cuddly and you do the best hugs and like mm. ultimately as a kid that was what mattered to me mm. what about your body what's your favorite thing uh it's probably linked into the running but i like my legs i like that they can take me places i like that they can just do so many things and i'm happy with that when i look in the mirror i'm like they're good legs. They are effective and snuzzy. <laughs> As are you. They are the upgraded version of legs, I would say. They are. Legs 2.0. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're the ones you pay the extra £10 for. I don't know how much legs would be worth on the open market, but there we go. I've priced them. <laughs> And I show them that by giving them some moisturiser every now and then. Every now and then, that's better than I do. I often find the moisturiser <laughs> in the corner of the bathroom gathering dust and think, oh yeah, I'm going to use that. I'll do that. And then it goes back in the corner. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've really enjoyed this. I've really enjoyed that. We'll probably be back in a minute because we're going to reappear yeah. and tell you how we found today. But uh, right now, I'm just going to say thanks for... Thanks for keeping us company on our little chat about body image. So, theoretically at this point, you've hopefully just listened to the uh, the episode about weight, primarily. 
and uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Unless you've just skipped to the end, in which case, go back and listen to it now, and then come to this bit. Like, those, you know, those people that uh, read the end of a book and then read the book. Yeah, and then just skip. But I think people are going to have enjoyed our podcast so much, they will have listened to it. The whole This might be the third time they've listened to it, to yeah. be honest. Yeah, it might have been life-changing for them. <laughs> or it might have merely entertained them for an hour and a bit. Either way, thank you for listening. We are going to pop some uh, of the links in the notes. So if there is anything we talked about that you'd like to find out more about, we'll pop it in there. Did you enjoy it, Emma? I really enjoyed it. Did you enjoy it, Emma? I did. But then I do like talking about myself. (laughs) No, I just, I think it's really fun because we find out that even though we have quite different experiences of certain things from each other, we do have things in, in common. Yeah, there are some things that we share as well as the name, and there are some things that hopefully people listening out there will also... What what am I trying to think of? What word am I trying to think of? Relate to. We hope there's things people out there can relate to and enjoy. Yeah, I hope so. I hope that if you're sitting there and you, you might have experienced some of these things, hopefully now you know that you're not on your own. And if there's anything else that you'd like us to talk about, please let us know. Uh, Related to weight or body image, or just in general. We do like talking. We like, yeah, we like feedback, we like ideas, we like, we just, yeah, get in touch for a chat. That's cool. So, all that's left to say is, if weight is on your mind... You've got company. Okay. Oh, toodle pep, Emma. See you next time. See you next time, and see all you listeners next time, too. Well, we won't see you, but you'll hear us. (laughs) Hehehehe.